Well, over the last six weeks, I've told some incredible funny jokes. Hi, I'm Scott Weatherford. And we've talked a lot about a catechism, which that may hurt your brain. But it's really, it's really about discipleship. It's really about being what God wants us to be and learning the processes of Jesus loves you, connecting, growing, serving, and sharing, and honoring God with our life. But today I want to talk about something that really is a reset of our whole processes of our building lives. But want to kind of talk about, well, giving. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to talk about giving today. And this is life-changing truth. Let me share this with you. There's nothing that builds your life faster than being generous. Generosity builds your life quickly. It's almost discipleship on steroids when you become generous because it turns you into a sharer and a server and a grower in dependence upon God and connected through generosity. So look at this. Whatever is good and perfect comes down from us, from God our Father, who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes. He never he never shades or change or casts a shifting shadow. Never changes or casts a shifting shadow. See, God is generous, and He gives us all the good things, and He He wants us to be the same. Now, I've heard it said you could track a person's devotion by looking at their checkbook or their daytimer. Now, I realize that nobody carries a checkbook anymore, nor a daytimer. We carry phones and debit cards. Well, we can look at our bank accounts and look at our phones and look at what's going on in our schedule, what's going on in our money, and really determine our uh, our evaluation of where our priorities in life. And what I've discovered that I can have a cycle of self-serving or I can have a cycle of generosity. Cycle of generosity. How can that work in my heart? Now, Jesus spoke about giving a lot. In fact, he taught more about giving than he did heaven and hell combined. About 15% of Jesus' teaching was about money or giving. Why? He knew giving was at his heart, and he wants you to be like him. God gave to us. Now, I really don't like preaching on this because I feel like I'm pressuring you or trying to strong-arm you, but I really am not. I'm after your heart. I'm not after your money. This church is after your heart, not after your money. We don't need money to maintain what God's got going on here. God, you know, God's work done God's way will never let God supply. I'm giving you an opportunity to join God and to let your heart grow big. Now, even though I don't like speaking on this subject, I have to because I love you and I want you to grow in discipleship. I want you to grow and have a life that's built by God, all for Jesus, and I don't want you to miss, miss the joy of generosity. So if you're feeling pressure, it's not from me. It's from God. Just say it. Now, here's the big truth that's going to drive us forward this morning. Sometimes I'm not faithful. In fact, look at your left hand and say to your left hand, sometimes I'm not faithful. Now I want you to look at your right hand and say, but God is faithful. Sometimes I'm not faithful, but God is faithful. And the reason I ask you to look at your right hand is because the foundations of the earth are held in the right hand of God. He is faithful. And when it comes to generosity, sometimes I'm not faithful, but God is always faithful. Sometimes I'm stingy, but God is never stingy. Sometimes I'm judgmental, but God is always full of grace. Do you see what I'm saying? So as we learn this giving component, as we learn to give like Jesus, let it shape and change our mind as we live all for him. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for what you're going to say to us today as we look at your word. 
and let your word change who we are. I thank you for how faithful and good that you are. There's none like you and how you really want to build our lives that we might honor you. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Sorry about the moving of the table. It just kind of happens and lets you know we're just not perfect here. Anyway, are you tapping into the resources? Have you been following the field guide, which has been all about generosity and all about your heart? You see, because here in the local expression, we're talking about adding on to our space to create better space for building lives of people. Now, in the online gathering, we're not, we're not talking about those things, but in person we are. And so this all fits together in a package for your online experience and, your, and our in-person experience because we're, we're one church with two distinct uh, deliverables of the gospel. And I hope you've been taking advantage of the resources and you stepped into membership and you stepped up to, to grow and step out to serve and you're doing all those things, step with, step up, step out, step grow with, all those things in the next steps. Use those QR codes, go to those videos, grab that content, apply it to your life, and live all for Jesus. But let's jump into this. Here's the first thing I ask. Why should I give? One of the number one complaints I hear from people who aren't in the church all church wants is my money. All they want was my money. And you know what? That's not a, a, an invalid argument because I've been around a long time too. And I've been in a place where I felt like all they wanted was my money. And if I wasn't given, they didn't want me to go. Uh, but that's not what God's saying here. Why should I give? So instead of looking at what we call a cultural declaration, let's look at a biblical reason. Why should I give? Giving grows my heart. Listen to what Jesus said. Well, actually, Paul said this. Since you excel in so many ways, you have such faith, such gifted speakers, such knowledge, such enthusiasm, and such love for us. Now I want you to excel also in the gracious ministry of giving. In the gracious ministry of giving. A big heart spiritually is good. A big heart medically is bad. But God wants to grow our hearts in generosity. Giving is, get this, y'all. It's a gift to give back, but it's also a command that we're generous. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, it says in Malachi. That God says, listen, I want to break the grip of selfishness in your life by putting a spirit of generosity in you. I want you to have a big heart. And our giving should always be motivated by love and not guilt and not pressure. In fact, I say this. If you feel pressure to give, keep it. If you give grudgingly or of necessity, if you can't giggle while you give, don't give. There, I said it. So it grows our heart. God wants our hearts to be grow, grown, uh, be bigger. Giving also reveals my devotion. I show what I treasure by what I'm giving to. Now, there's a parable of the hidden treasure where Jesus done. I talked about this back in the springtime. That, that you find the treasure in the field. He sold everything he had to get that treasure. So investing everything was worth the treasure, and the treasure was the kingdom of God. Investing in the treasure really devote, shows my devotion. I give to the things I'm devoted to. Wherever your heart is, there your heart and your thoughts will be also, Jesus said in Matthew 6. So it grows my heart when I do this, and it reveals my devotions. My devotion then is in action, and it moves beyond words to practicality. I give to my wife because I love her. I give to my kids because I love them. I give to my grandchildren because I love them. I give to my God because I love him. 
It reveals my devotion. Best of all, they went beyond our highest hopes, for their first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord and to us for whatever direction God might give them. That's in 2 Corinthians 8, 5. Giving reveals my, grows my heart, it reveals my devotion, but it comes from love, love for Jesus and love for people. You'll be glorifying God through your generous gifts, for your generosity will prove that you're obedient to the good news of Christ. Wow, that's... First Corinthians, excuse me, Second Corinthians nine thirteen. In fact, if you read Second Corinthians eight and nine, it really gives you a glimpse into God's heart as Paul is giving instruction to the church in Corinth, who's very stingy, a glimpse into what generosity was all about. Hmm. Giving builds community. All believers are one heart and mind, and they felt what they owed was not their own. They shared everything they had. That's the Acts 2 church, and that's really what we want to be. We want to be that Acts 2 church that manifests itself by connecting, growing, serving, and sharing, and we do that through giving, in giving meeting needs. This outrageous act of meeting needs stunned the ancient world, stunned Jerusalem. Josephus, the, the Roman Jewish Roman historian, said that the early church had almost eradicated poverty in Jerusalem by their generosity. It stunned them. This radical love for each other just as a display that, uh, that God is just doing incredible things. Incredible things. I've looked around and I've seen so many needs. And when I see God showed up in these great ways and meeting needs, it's amazing. Now notice this pattern. There's a pattern that happens in giving. I'm personally renewed to give relationally, to give to missionally, and then it changes my culture. Personally, relationally, missionally, and changing the culture. That when my generosity grows from a personal determination, it's always connected relationally, and that changes missionally what we're up to, and then that changes the culture through generosity. Oh. Believers have always led the way in generosity. Always. Always. You see, God stands with those in, who are in need, and he uses the church to meet those needs. Government cannot meet the needs. The church does. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about sharing the love of God in word and deed and about being a person of relationships and reaching and resourcing and rescuing and revitalizing all those things about being on God's being part of God's peace plan delivering God's peace we talked about those things and those things are really important but it's all done through a spirit of giving my life away in generosity that I'm going to resource the movement of God by my generosity I give to God through this church called First Baptist Church Wimberley because this church First Baptist Wimberley is the mission of God now I give to other entities but I want to tell you something this church right here gets my generosity out of obedience to God because I see what God's doing through this church to meet needs in the world. That's why I do it. Giving releases God's blessing. Oh, yeah, it does. Give freely without begrudging it, and the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. It says in Deuteronomy 15.10. Matthew, uh, excuse me, Malachi 3.10. If you do give, says the Lord, Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. 
And then finally, in 2 Chronicles 29, 14, but who am I and who are these people that we could give anything to you, God? Everything we have comes from you. We're only giving, giving you what you've already given us. Oh. When we understand the biblical manifestations of blessing, that it's, re it's relational, it's physical, it's material, it's practical, we do that, we realize it comes from God, and that we can be generous to trust him. I've been around a long time. I've been a pastor for 40 years. That's a long time. I want to tell you something. God is faithful in his generosity. I'm getting to the place where I start thinking about, okay, I'm going to be old, and I won't be able to work. How, how in the world am I going to make it? Sometimes I'm not faithful, but God is faithful. I could trust him. I don't need to wring my hands and worry. I can trust my God to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory because he is faithful. He is faithful. Huh. You see, blessings, it's Jesus. That's the blessing. It's not stuff. It's Jesus. And the blessing is each other. It's not stuff. It's Jesus. And Jesus meets my needs. And here I want to say this to you. You can't outgive God. You cannot outgive him. He says, test me on this. In fact, listen to this. Every other test is a sin against God, and testimony giving is a challenge from God. Every other test is a sin. This is a challenge for a blessing. Oh. Well, then how should I give? Well, okay. Prayerfully and cheerfully. Prayerfully and cheerfully. You must make up your own mind as how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves the person who gives cheerfully. This is a big deal. You see, legalism will kill your joy. It will kill you of what you, and if you think, well, I'm paying the church's bills or I'm paying a salary, that's going to kill your joy. God doesn't want your joy to be killed. He wants you to have the joy of giving, and you'll miss the blessing of if you don't give prayerfully and cheerfully to say, God, I'm thankful for this. I want to do it. Now, y'all, I, I, like I said, I've been around a long, long time. And I've done capital campaigns and giving campaigns, and we've asked for pledges and blah, 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 blah. But I want to tell you something. Pledges mean nothing. Generosity means everything. means everything. What you give is none of my business, but what you give is God's business between you and him. Huh. Give regularly. Regularly. Now, regular for you, maybe once a week, and maybe once a month, and maybe... Once a year, I don't know, but just give it regularly. On every Lord's Day, each of you should put aside some amount of money in relation to what you've earned and save it for this offering. Now, why in the world would Paul say that to the church in Corinth? Because they got paid every week. That's why he said it. This is a practical instruction. Now, in Judaism, they got paid every day. Every day they got paid. At the end of the day, they pay. You read the parable of the, um, of the, the vineyard owner hiring people to work in the vineyard. They get paid every day. Our, we get paid once a month, twice a month, whatever it is. Some, some of you are retired. You get stock dividends. You pay at the end of the year. Whatever, just regularly give to the Lord. Give with expectation. Expect God to come through. Listen to this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now, don't fall into the prosperity trap, gospel trap. 
So, you know, you sow a seed into my ministry. No, 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 no. This is a gospel-oriented command. The prosperity gospel is a lie. The blessing of God is a promise. Promise. Notice in the prosperity gospel, the only people getting rich are the preachers. Be careful. Give to the Lord as he has given to you. I can give with expectation because I can count on God. This passage has been twisted so to get people to do things that are just not God-honoring. Listen to it as it's intended. Be wise and be generous. Purpose in your heart so generously and let God do the rest with you. And, and here's the thing. We're partners in giving. We're the mission of God. We support the greater scope of missions, but this church gives beyond ourselves. We are the mission, and when you give here, it's to missions, but we extend that by giving beyond ourselves, like feeding people in Cuba and providing medicine for people in Cuba, by giving to missionaries that go all over the world, by supporting humanitarian relief, by feeding kids in the valley, all these things. We're partners with God in all of this. So let me end this, okay? It's kind of, I feel like it's been kind of a rant, but I've been kind of passionate about it because I think we can, we can miss it. We can, we can miss it. Why should I do this? Why should I give? Because this is the kind of life Jesus wants for me. Because he loves me, because I'm connected, I'm growing, I'm serving, I'm sharing, I'm honoring God with my life as an act of worship, I'm giving because this is the life he wants for me. And as I live this life that he wants for me, I can be grateful all for Jesus. I'm going to end with this passage. Thank God for his son, a gift to wonderful for words. It comes down to all for Jesus. And because I can be generous and I can give, I do it for his glory. Now, what do you need to do? What steps do you need? Maybe you need to give your life to Christ. Then you give your resources. Because your resources are really not yours. They're God's. He's given it to you in the first place. So be generous. Father, thank you for what you've said to us today. And I pray those who need to give their life to you will respond in faith right now and pray, Jesus, I'm yours. And I pray, Father, that a spirit of generosity will overwhelm us as we look at the truth about giving and we'll let this truth about giving shape our lives. Father, as reluctantly as I spoke these words today, I know how generous you are and how you will bring your word back, not void, but accomplishing what you have desired for it to accomplish. So thank you for your goodness and your grace. And I pray this in your son's strong name. Amen. Let me conclude with this. We have given you tons of resources because we want you to grow to be like Christ. We talked about a catechism that helps you develop to become like Jesus in a process of disciple-making. Now, would you live all for Jesus? So next week, I'm going to be talking the last one of these series, this last sermon of these series on Halloween, trick-or-treat, living to make Jesus famous. I remember where I was when I coined that phrase, and I'll tell you about it next week. 